Another Way to Play, episode 27. Hey, this is Carl Sona, startup medical device sales professional and host of the Free Time Podcast, passive real estate investor, speaker. And if you want to learn to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my good friends, Hans Struzina. Welcome to Another Way to Play, your wake-up call to finally make a difference by creating a life defined by freedom. This is about entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and industry professionals that have left the 9-to-5 rat race behind by taking that personal leap from where they were to where they want to be. It's time to stop going through the motions, stop hitting the snooze button on your life, and get the insight and inspiration to make the next chapter of your life better than your last. This is Another Way to Play with your host, Hans Struzina. This is Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Struzina, and I believe that if you trade hours for dollars, you will never achieve true freedom in your life. Today's guest is a buddy of mine who I've had the pleasure of getting to know over the past couple of months uh, through Travis Chapel's mastermind. His name is Carl Sona. Uh, Carl is a medical device sales rep uh, for a startup out in Denver, also hosts his own podcast called the Free Time Podcast, is a passive real estate investor and public speaker. Carl and I had a really great conversation that I can't wait to share with you. Uh, Specifically, he talks about his upbringing uh, because his parents moved to the United States in the late 80s from Cameroon to give him a better opportunity to send him to the best school they could and uh, set him up. Um, But he does talk about the differences of being raised as a child of immigrants and and trying to assimilate into culture and sort of what that did for him uh, long term uh, and how he turned turned that into a big positive when it comes to uh, his job and what he does now. Uh, We also talk about uh, his concept of gamification of life. He uh, talks specifically about just continuing to put points on the board in your own life and how time compounds. So take a listen for that. He also has a really fascinating take on his morning routine. uh, And the advice he'll give you is just simply wake up 5, 10, 15 minutes earlier and spend a little bit of time with yourself, meditating, reading, doing something for yourself so that your entire day becomes uh, less reactionary and more intentional. Uh, So I'm really excited to share this one with you. Uh, But before we get there, just remember, I would really like to connect with you personally. Uh, So if you take a minute, go down to the show notes and find my Calendly link. You can get on my schedule. We can have a quick call. Uh, I can get to know you. You can get to know me. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about uh, how I can keep making this podcast even better. What kind of guests we should bring on, what kind of questions we should ask, that sort of thing. Um, And I'd really appreciate that feedback. Plus, I would just frankly love to get to know you. So uh, without any further ado, uh, here is my conversation with Carl Sona. Carl, welcome to the show, man. I'm really excited to have you on today. Yeah, likewise, man. I've been looking forward to it, bro. Thanks for having me on. Well, I I appreciate you you taking some time out of your day. I know you just got back from a pretty crazy uh, roadshow business trip here through the Midwest, but uh, why don't uh, you take take us back a little bit and build a little context of, of what got you here to, to your point today. Yeah, man, absolutely. I'd be happy to. Yeah. So, you know, I grew up out East, uh, in the DC area on the Maryland side in Silver Spring, Maryland. And, uh, honestly, it's where my parents ended up after immigrating from uh, a small country in West Africa called Cameroon. So 
they came over in the late 80s, you know, in search of opportunities and just sort of a better way of life and uh, ended up having me there. And, you know, growing up was very interesting being, you know, the son of, of immigrants that weren't from this land and, and you know, being an American. So kind of having to yep. balance or do the juggling act of, you know, how we do things at home, which was very traditional and culturally, you know, culturally focused versus how I showed up in the outside world, which was, you know, more modern and, and sort of secular to American culture. And so uh, I always kind of felt like a little bit of a broker in life, which mm. was tough as a child because you know how kids are, man. We don't know what we don't know. Anything that's different is weird. We're super judgmental, all these different things, right? But in hindsight, man, it, it's really provided me with, with, with great skills, you know, one being versatile, two being flexible, you know, with regard to the situations and the environments that I found myself in. But, um, you know, all that being aside, you know, I mentioned my parents came to this country for opportunity and, and a lot of the opportunity was focused on the quality of education that they aspired to give me. So growing up, you know, definitely very lower to mid middle class, you know, I watched them work very hard to send me to private Catholic schools. I've only ever gone to like private Catholic schools and you know, with that, I feel like the trade-off was education was definitely taken very, very seriously in the household, you know, so I had to be on top of it, man. I can remember coming back home with like a B on an exam. And this is back in the days where you had to like get your parents to sign off, you know, oh, just, yeah. kind of, <laughs> just to kind of show your teacher that, you know, you disgusted with them. And, and I, I'd be scared like crapless, man. And, um, you know, just kind of give you a little bit of a context as to how serious it was taken. But again, you know, it just made me sort of level up. Uh, you know, my dad would literally give me, you know, and this is like later in high school, I went to an all guys private school. He'd give me checks that were worth like eight, nine grand for a semester's worth of tuition. And he'd have me, you know, walk into the administration office and pay that. And mm -hmm. I never really understood what that was about. But, but now, you know, again, as I, as I reflect, which I do so often, um, you know, in, in my current life, I'm like, wow, I think he was, trying to demonstrate or show or teach me, you know, how much he was investing in me. And so where I'm getting at with all of this is that, you know, growing up, I've always had a certain sense of accountability to, um, you know, to, to, to show up and take advantage of the opportunities that have been given to me. You know, mm -hmm. I, I've got lots of relatives back home that I'm very close with that didn't have the same opportunities. And I always felt guilty growing up, you know, hearing stories of them not being able to go to school because they didn't have enough money for tuition that semester while, you know, I'm going to all these great schools here. It just sort of imparted upon me a sense of responsibility, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? To, um, to really make the most of my opportunities and, and, and to find a way to, you know, create a massive life that could then, you know, hopefully allow me to pay it forward to my family and, you know, the future ahead of me. So, Fast forward, man, you know, got out of that all guys Jesuit school and the goal was to become a physician <laughs> as yeah. most as most immigrant kids, you know, can probably relate to. And so I ended up going to St. Louis University, which is a private Jesuit school. I, I got a pretty good scholarship. It was called the Martin Luther King Jr. scholarship. That was pretty much a half tuition scholarship to go to SLU. And, you know, it was heavily focused on service, which is something that has been near and dear to my heart, you know, growing up, especially with the way I grew up. And so I enrolled in uh, biomedical engineering, pre-medicine, you know, more to appease my father than myself. <laughs> Again, this whole idea of yep. finding a way to, uh, you know, uh, position myself so that the, the return on investment would be there. 
And bro, I got there that year. I've always been a very strong student, you know, not like a 4.0, but like a 3.7, 3.9 kind of guy, somewhere in that range. And I ended up coming home that fall semester. This is back in 2009 with a 2.6 something GPA. I mean, it was just dismal, Hans. You know, what happened was I got to school. I've always been impressionable. You know, again, it kind of goes back to me, um, you know, always finding a way to like fit in with the crowd or wanting to mm -hmm. fit in with the crowd. Mm -hmm. And uh, just, just kind of took my eye off the ball, man. For the first time in my life, you know, I didn't have the rigid structure that I had grown up with. And yep. I kind of just floated off into, into no man's land. And I ended up joining a fraternity. And you, you know what happens with fraternities. You know, you end up rushing your fall semester and your life is the frat. So that was a tough pill to swallow, man. And, the, you know, I'd say the lowest point in that, in that entire experience was you know, having my Martin Luther King Jr. scholarship at risk because I had to keep up a certain GPA as, long, as well as, you know, service requirements. So that, that, that fall semester, that winter coming home, I was, I was in a tough spot and I had to face my parents, you know, the very people that have sacrificed their entire lives to get me to where I was to tell them, that, hey, listen, you know, I'm in a position where my scholarship's at risk. I'm not quite sure that I even want to be a physician. Mm -hmm. um, the schoolwork is is literally like drowning me. You know, SLU is one of those schools where every freshman and their mom comes in, you know, bio pre-med. And so they do a really good job about meticulously weeding kids out. And I'm, and I'm like thinking to myself, I don't know that I have what it takes to to rebound and get my, my grades to the level that they need to be for the following semester in order to maintain this scholarship. I think I've uh -huh. got to drop out of the program. And uh, that's what I ended up doing, man. I remember my mother being you know, somewhat consoling as most mothers are, but my, my dad would have been looking me in the eyes, man. And, and that was just like, uh, you know, one of the worst feelings ever. It, it put a pit in my stomach, you know, not to mention that he had just, this, this is right around the time that the, you know, the economy was going through the downturn. He had just mm -hmm. gotten laid off. So there was a lot of stress on the family and uh, I just felt absolutely defeated, man. But uh, went back to school, you know, I, I switched majors, ended up taking on a radiation therapy major and you know, I rebounded, I got really dialed in on school, got my grades back up to a great level, and then ended up getting a degree in radiation therapy, but ended up going uh, for another year of graduate school, and I got a master's degree in something called molecular imaging and therapeutics, which is just sort of fancy cancer imaging and research. But uh, the cool thing about that is, is that the research I did uh, was on a medical device, which, um, you know, delivers radiation for cancer treatment while using imaging. And that helped me essentially pivot to uh, finding the startup company that I work for today called Varen Medical, where, you know, over five years, the past five years, I've essentially climbed the ladder and I'm now, you know, a, uh, a capital sales manager, managing a team here and responsible for selling this equipment, you know, for this company that we're looking to sell off here in the next few months. So it's been a hell of a journey, man. I've learned a lot in the process, a lot of self-discovery. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to say that I, I've never come more alive, you know, in my life now than being very, very intentional about, you know, my goals and, and finding a way to uh, tap into the potential that's within me to move towards those things. So that's where we're at man. now here, man. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you for that, that really deep overview of your story. I think that gives me and the audience a ton of context of where you're coming from. One thing that struck me is that you sort of, you said, you know, your first semester, you joined the frat, you took your eye off the ball, your grades suffered a bit, and you were even kind of questioning whether you wanted to be a physician or be in this 
uh, pre-med program in the first place. And then you had some foresight to make that call relatively early. What do you think gave you that ability to, to think through that? Cause I, I think a lot of people would not have made that decision as quickly as you did. Yeah, man. Uh, I've always been very, very self-reflective. I mean, I'm the guy that calls myself my own best friend. <laughs> I don't know if you can relate to that at all, but mm -hmm. I, I have a lot of inner conversation. I mean, it's kind of weird. I literally walk around sometimes just talking to myself and it's super awkward when people catch me. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've just always, you know, done a good job with maintaining my, my inner talk and maintaining a good ear and my intuition. And I just think that's something that people can't ignore, you know, and I understand how it's easy to ignore that because there's a lot of noise, both internally as well as externally in this crazy fast paced world that we live in. And it's, it's easy to, you know, lose touch with what you believe to be true for yourself. But yep. I'm a firm believer that everything you need to know with regard to what the next step is to take or what the next decision is to embark on comes from within. It's just a matter of people being willing enough to uh, silence themselves, you know, isolate themselves for some time and just spend some time with yourself and ask yourself some, some, some brutally honest questions. You know, mm -hmm. I'm a big believer that if you can't be honest with yourself, who else do you expect to be honest with you? You know? Yep. So I think, um, that's what I did in that moment, man. And I just saw the stars align and I was like, you know what? I understand that this is what I set out here to do, but this has never really been, um, you know, a vision or a true, you know, a true aspiration that I feel like is, is, is innate and honest mm -hmm. for me. And so I just made the decision right then and there. And I knew it was going to be a tough one, you know, with, with obviously all, you know, the huge deck stacked against me. But again, hindsight's twenty twenty. I look back today and 100%, I would have been absolutely miserable had I continued down a path of medicine. I mean, I work with doctors all day. Some of them love what they do. The majority of them actually don't. And so mm. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm super thankful that I was willing to be my own hero and my own agents in that moment to say, you know what, um, this is going to be tough. It's going to sting for a little bit, you know, because it certainly feels like a failure or a strike in the, in the, in the loss column. But, mm -hmm. you know, moving forward, this is a very, very, you know, small window of my life that uh, I'm willing to stomach that discomfort in order to pivot and, and, you know, put myself down the path that I feel is, is, is truly right for me. Well, man, let's let's talk about that for a second that that sort of short window of discomfort that you just mentioned there are a lot of people who make decisions based on short-term gratification pain or lack thereof and and generally speaking avoiding it and discomfort and sort of sticking with the status quo but you from somewhat of an early age have leaned into not necessarily what is easy or what is going to cause the least amount of waves because you went home and had some tough conversations over the holidays that first year and decided to, to pivot probably against the advice of your parents or at least against what they hoped for you. Right. And like, how did you build that muscle for yourself? Like to know that you were the type of like that this was actually right for you and that it was worth the short term discomfort or having the hard conversation with mom and dad um, and, and making that pivot. Like, how did, how did you get to that point for yourself? Yeah, man. I mean, that's just it. It is a muscle that uh, I think everybody has the ability to strengthen. And so I think first things first is reframing your mindset, you know, to understand that making a tough decision that 
is truly in alignment with where you want to go is something that people need to practice, you know? And I think especially our generation, man, a lot of us sort of fall victim to the, the false belief that, you know, we're going to wake up one day and, and things will just sort of work itself out. You know, mm, we're, yep. we're, we're sort of avoiding this kind of sweeping things under the rug. And one day I'll wake up and very similar to walking in my home and turning on, you know, you know, the lights with a, a switch that'll work out and, and I'll find myself in the situation that I aspire to be. And it's just not the case, man. I mean, it very much is a muscle that I think people need to have a little extra awareness towards, you know? So what I mean by that is it was very hard to your point going home and having that conversation, man. But for whatever reason, I feel like I was able to take myself out of that situation, back out a little bit and see the greater situation at hand. And what I realized was, was that there'd probably be a lot more pain and discomfort in the long run, you know, with trying to keep up with this path that I had already known from my intuition was not in true alignment with me. So what's more painful, you know, dealing with the situation over a longer period or dealing with it in a consolidated window of, of time or space, you know, obviously the latter. So when you think about it that way, and then you look at, it as an opportunity to like learn how to flex that muscle and 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 build that as a strength versus you know weakness it becomes a no-brainer not to say that's mm -hmm. not going to be not to say it's not going to be difficult to do but it becomes a no-brainer and it's an op awesome opportunity in my opinion you know to begin to just show up uh you know with true purpose for yourself so i think that's how i've always done that you know to be honest with you it's just mm -hmm. a matter of um yeah, man, it's a matter of being very, very practical about it and saying, all right, man, we're going to take this one on the jaw, but all good things come with a little bit of pain and you just got to be willing to take it on the jaw and, and, and just sort of stand your ground, you know, and, and trust that better days are ahead. Man, that's fantastic. I, I really appreciate that. You've, that was the same thing for my rowing career. A lot of people have asked me lately, like when you didn't want to go to practice or you didn't want to uh, do the workout or whatever it was, like, how did you decide to keep going? And it was always looking forward to the point at which it was too late to make the decision to yeah. do, do a good job at practice or to keep rowing for another year or another two years. Um, you know, cause when you're 40, for example, you just can't compete with 27, 26 year old guys. Like you just physically cannot do it. And I always thought to myself, like when I'm that person and I'm looking in the mirror, whether I've had all the financial and professional successes that I, that I hope to attain, um, will I be also happy with the decision I made in my twenties to, you know, continue to row, forego the financial opportunities and, and achieve that dream. And, and for me, it was, as you said, a no brainer. It was just, the answer was always no, I wasn't ready to give that up. And I think that is totally different for everyone else. But I think the practicality of like looking down the road at uh, what, you know, you will be like, what will life be like if I don't do this? And if I do and, and kind of reversing it and, and working it back into like, okay, this could suck for three months, but it'll be pretty awesome for the next, you know, lifetime or whatever yeah. timeline you're looking at is. Absolutely, man. Again, people need to realize that, uh, time moves so quickly, you know, and everything is relative. And so what I mean by that is, and I love that you bring up this idea of like, you know, when you're 40, like think about your future self, 
again, you know, back to my initial premise, like if, if, if you're not going to think about your, you know, about your future self, nobody else is going to think about your future self. So yep. there, there's gotta be something to be said about a little bit of like self love and self care. Like, how are you going to feel, you know, sometime in the future that really in all actuality is not that far away if mm-hmm. you go against, or if you, you know, sort of let yourself down in, in the current time and, and go against what you feel to be the right, you know, uh, the right action, the right decision. So I think just having a little bit of uh, forward thinking and being able to exercise a little bit of delayed gratification goes a long mm-hmm. way. And the more, the more you do that, you know, the easier it becomes. Easier, again, is relative, but I guess the more it feels like an innate habit that uh, you can quickly deploy when you're in that situation. You're, you're totally right about the time component because I feel like the rowing thing was three years ago for me, but I feel like that was a different lifetime ago. In, in retrospect, it also went by super, super fast. And, you know, making the, you know, having those uncomfortable days where I was either scrounging money together to pay rent or physically rowing and it was uncomfortable, like leaning into that discomfort is something that ultimately had a long-term benefit for me personally. And everyone sort of has their own version of that, but I, I couldn't agree with you more. Speaking of discomfort, like what are you doing, uh, on a daily basis to sort of push yourself outside of your comfort zone and really continue to flex that muscle? Oh man, so many things. So I have a daily practice where it's almost daily, you know, I'm human. So every, some, some days I don't get to it, but I have a daily practice of writing down like five critical tasks that mm. are, are just hard enough that help me, you know, sort of push the needle towards whatever my specific target or goal is. And so the whole objective is to, you know, do those tasks as a way to gain some momentum, you know, incremental momentum towards the larger goal at hand, and as a way to sort of, you know, sharpen up the whole discomfort muscle that we're talking about. So, you know, that's something that uh, has really helped me with accountability. That's really helped me, again, sort of callous, you know, um, my mind, the part of my mind that wants to kind of keep me, you know, like warm and cozy in the bed when the mm-hmm. alarm goes off, so to speak. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you and I, you and I were just chatting about 75 hard. You know, that's something that I've been doing. I'm on day, I think day 11 right now. And that's been tough, man. That's, you know, literally two workouts a day. It's a diet plan. It's no alcohol. It's four liters of water. It's, you know, all these different things that I've got mm-hmm. to integrate into, you know, my day to day, which is fairly chaotic. I mean, I'm sure most of our days are fairly chaotic. So just even being intentional, you know, like I, I'll feel my head sometimes, especially after like, you know, being on two flights in a day, driving 150 miles to get to an account, finally get into my hotel, be like, man, I really don't want to hit the gym for that 45 minute workout. But it's in that snap decision where like, I feel the temptation to do the easy thing. I -hmm. immediately say, you know what, dude, I'm going to hang on for dear life to the uncomfortable thing, which is that workout, because I know that uh, it's going to put me in a place of, you know, stronger mental health and honestly in a place of greater integrity with myself. And th- mm. that, that just means the world to me. And like when I finish that workout or when I cross up that critical task on the list that I was talking about earlier, dude, it, it like means the world to me. It, it really does. It seems so tiny and so insignificant, but like it's honoring a, prom- a promise to myself. And mm. it's, it's just like, it's proof to myself, like screw social proof. It's proof to myself that like I have what it takes to, you know, rise to the occasion and again, be my own hero. Like I'm so big on that. And I think 
anybody that's wanting to level up or anybody that's, you know, frustrated or um, overwhelmed with their current situation, you know, they're probably in that situation because they're not finding ways to honor themselves first and foremost. So that's been a huge game changer for me. And again, it's at the crooks of doing the uncomfortable thing. I mean, that's yep. where all, all great things start, bro. And it, 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 that's like the biggest piece of advice I could give to anybody. Like start getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds cliche. I think it's, it's fairly overused these days, but my goodness, is it true? It is so true. So when that's you kind ex- of my, my take on that. Yeah. When you accept that there's just going to be discomfort and pain associated with growth, uh, whether it's through a physical workout or it's learning a new skill or it's um, having a tough conversation with a significant other or a parent or a friend or what have you, like those are going to be physically uncomfortable, obviously all in different ways. But on the other side of that comes the great reward. And as you've said, you've started to focus more on the other side of it and like the feeling of uh, honoring yourself and, and having that satisfaction and, and keeping uh, yourself accountable and knowing like keeping that in your head as opposed to like oh man did the 150 mile drive did two flights i'm in this crappy hotel that doesn't have a gym now i gotta go jog around the parking lot for 45 minutes like yeah that could that could be discomfort or uncomfortable and it probably was but you know it sounds like you're focusing on on what it gets you as opposed to what it takes to get there 100 percent man and 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 that in itself is the beauty of being in flow towards you know your goals or towards that next better version of yourself or those mm. that are looking to up level is you know the more that you uh practice and follow through on those uncomfortable actions the more you really start to value you know who you're becoming you, you start to attach yourself to that greater version of yourself versus you know, some of the small speed bumps in the present time, you know, oh, it's cold outside or, oh, there is no gym or whatever, you know, the case may be that I think the vast majority of people look at from a very narrow perspective and then, you know, rationalize as a thing, keeping them from taking the action. And then as a result, end up, you know, falling victim towards. So it's, uh, it's an incredible transformation, you know, it's an incredible transformation that really propels you towards, um, you know, where you're, where you're growing towards. Speaking of transformations and, you know, you mentioned earlier, you're human, just like the rest of us. Um, talk to us about a failure that you've experienced that you are glad happened and what you learned from it. Yeah, man. Oh boy. So many failures, you know, over the past, uh, probably 18 to 24 months, like I've really, you know, stepped out and and, and really tried a couple, a couple of different things as a way to be intentional about figuring out, you know, who I am and, and what I want to do. And one of those things was an e-commerce brand that, you know, I had launched uh, back in, I guess it officially went live uh, last August. So I, you know, saw the opportunity when I was still living in Nashville, Tennessee, and I started, you know, making some serious investments with regard to both my time and capital to learn the space, get the product launched. And amidst that, I had a crazy life move from Nashville to Denver, where I had to keep all these different balls in the air, but, you know, stayed persistent, which was great and showed up for myself and launched the business, you know, kind of with this grandiose idea that I never really tested in the marketplace. So it was more an idea that I thought would hit, that I thought would get some traction that turns out the market didn't really vote for and that was tough, man. I mean, you know, aside from the amount of time and and the money that it took, 
it really uh, was a shot to the ego, you know, but mm. I read some, I read something recently that said, consider that a bad day for the ego is a great day for the soul. And uh, mm. that's, that's given me uh, a lot of perspective, you know, because at the end of the day, success is a journey and it's a process. And, you know, while that was a big loss for me, man, I've had enough wins to know that the wins only ever really feel great, like temporarily, you know, any win I've ever had has always been, you know, I've, I guess I've always cherished more of the process of it. And so I'm able to like, look back to that failure and say, all right, well, you know, that was definitely a shot on the chin and <laughs> a huge kick to, you know, the, uh, the gut to the abdomen. But, you know, how is this growing me towards, uh, you know, a place of true comprehensive mastery and, and true ultimate success? So I think what I'm getting at is, you know, while it, again, while it sucked in the time, it's, uh, it now becomes part of my story, man. You know, it's like, how do I ever expect to be relatable to people? or to inspire or, or influence, you know, my future team or people around me if I don't have, you know, any blemishes on my record to share, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's uh, a lot of that just gives me mental resolve, truthfully. And it helps me pick myself up even faster and get back in the game, you know? So it'd be so easy for me to sit there and be like, damn, like look at the thousands of dollars down the drain. Look at all the time wasted and just sulk and, and you know, and essentially victimize myself be so easy to do that. But instead, I look at it as like, okay, you know, that's the current dark cloud that I'm under that, you know, is raining and pouring on me. But directly over there is blue sky and sunshine. Like, let me just go mm -hmm. over there and, you know, figure out, you know, uh, what the next move is from, from uh, square one. And really, again, just trusting the process. You know, I, I believe that as long as, you, you know, you never quit and you're willing to make the necessary adjustments and just take it, you know, day by day. And honestly, learn to enjoy the day-to-day -day, uh you know the, the, the quicker you find yourself in a position to where the successes you know start to throw themselves at you you know to the point where you can't even get away from them so that's a little bit of my approach you know as it relates to failure and i hope that answers your question yeah well fantastic i i appreciate uh the elaboration there and the and the sharing of that uh e-commerce bust that you had because that at the time probably felt like a really big deal, but in the retrospect, it probably helped you pivot into a totally different direction with a way better set of skills for the next thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it, it, it's taught me more of, you know, who I am not and more of, you know, who I potentially am. And what I mean by that is like, you know, so many people I think are just afraid to like go out there and just try things. You know, it's almost like we need to like gamify life sometimes. You know, I'm a sports guy. I know you're a sports guy, athletic mm -hmm. guy. You know, a lot of the sports out there that we consume, that we play, it's all about like running up the scoreboard, right? It's like the winner is the person that puts the most points on the board. So mm -hmm. why, why don't we handle our lives in that manner? You know, why don't we try to go out there and like run up the scoreboard of our lives by testing things you know and 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 seeing it as a point on the board whether it hits or whether it doesn't hit if it doesn't hit go back to the drawing board and find another way to quickly back, get back in the arena and put some more points on the board you know that's the way that like my mind sort of chunks these different experiences that i'm having on a day to day and i think you know one day probably towards the end of my life and hopefully my my older you know my older golden years it'll all make sense as to why it happened the way that it did so yeah and I, I think what you're talking about there is is disassociating success with a binary uh, 
fail or succeed a metric as the outcome and, and rather having it be more of a process or a system that kind of stacks one on the next. And it's like, well, you know, the, the e-commerce thing failed. Like I get to s stack a few lessons on top and chuck the rest. And then, you know, I'm on to the next thing that hopefully will, um, you know, adds, as you point, put it more points on the board. And I think the other big thing, at least that it, that it, is true for me and I'm sure true for many of the listeners is there's a sense of pressure of time relative to like achieving now or this quarter or this month or whatever it is. And what I heard you say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, what I heard you say, I didn't hear you say anything about time. It was all based on like, go learn, go take the skills from it, go put some points on the board. And then if you don't, you know, get out of the arena, skill up, come back in a different way and try it again. But it's not like before the clock hits zero kind of thing. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. So I definitely don't think about it as like, you know, the clock hitting zero. I mean, certainly, obviously, we have, you know, a limited amount of time and none of us really knows how much time we have, which is all the reason to, you know, get out there as quickly as possible, despite something failing or not, right? And picking mm -hmm. yourself up and dusting yourself off. But I think people got to realize that, like, you know, time, time is compounding. And what I mean by that is, you know, there is so much going on through, uh, you know, you trying a venture out, you know, irrespective of what the end outcome is of that venture that happens that you can't see that potentially gives way to massive success happening in little to no time. And so what I mean by that mm -hmm. is, like, you know, Think about like a farmer. I don't know. Like I've never been a farmer, but I heard this analogy once. I can't remember who it was from, but you know, it's this idea of like, okay, like, you know, you, uh, you sow your seeds and you come back the next day, you know, relatively short amount of time. And, you know, you potentially, if you're impatient, or if you don't, if you haven't learned this lesson, you expect there to be, you know, a crop to show, you know, the work that you previously expended the day before. But it doesn't work that way, you know? It's going to take some time for those seeds underground to grow. But what's happening beneath the surface is, is that there is tremendous growth happening that we just can't see to the visible eye. And one day you, you have a crop that has shot up out of the ground and you're like, holy crap, like look at that, you know? And so mm -hmm. in my opinion, it's more the reason to get out there and to etch yourself with as many experiences as possible because all of those things provided that you don't quit and provided that you're able to ask yourself some questions to make the proper adjustments, you know, mm -hmm. help that growth compound rather quickly underground so that one day you've got a huge harvest that you're able to reap, you know? So that's kind of my relationship to the concept of time. Like, bro, if I was to think that, oh, wow, like I spent, you know, 12 to 14 months in this business, it was a failure, like every business I start is going to take that much time, if not more for me to figure out like whether it works or whether it doesn't. Like I probably would scare myself to inaction, right? Because I'm mm -hmm. thinking about it, you know, with regard to that one venture and I'm thinking about it in a very binary fashion versus taking a macro approach being like, okay, like what did I learn, you know, in this singular or, you know, isolated failure that will help me compress time, Right. Mm. towards my next venture that helps me scale grow faster whatever the case may be so um that's my relationship towards it uh truthfully. fantastic yeah 
Well, as we get towards the end of our time, speaking of clock hitting zero, and before we transition to our last section, uh, what is one piece of advice or, the, or actually maybe the best piece of advice you could think of um, to offer to somebody who's looking to level up their game over the next 12 months? Uh, so I'm all about actionables, man. And I think the best thing that somebody can do is to literally wake up a little earlier than what they currently are, you know, mm. and just spend some time with yourself. Um, the world puts us into reactionary mode, you know, so often. And when you're coming from a place of, you know, constantly reacting, it, it can kind of cloud your judgment. It can, you know, make that intuition or that inner voice or that inner compass a bit more opaque to your conscious mind. And then you end up feeling more frustrated, confused, overwhelmed. You know, these are just a, a couple of adjectives that I hear a lot of people describing mm -hmm. their day, you know, describing their day to day with. And so one of the biggest things that I've done is I now wake up just a little bit earlier, you know, where I feel like I've got a little bit of runway of time, a little window of space to just do whatever the hell that I want to do. And mm. the great thing about that is that it helps me take control and power over the day before the day can take control and power over me, man. And mm. that puts, that puts a nice little extra step in your, you know, extra pep in your step, you know, you know, with regard to whatever it is that you're working towards, whatever it is that you're aspiring towards, when you can begin your day with a little bit more mental focus, clarity and energy as a result of taking some time for yourself, you know, I feel like it, it puts you on the fast track towards, your ultimate goals. You may not see it, you know, in the first week or month of doing this, but I guarantee you my last dollar over the course of time, it will compound and you'll just be, uh, you know, light years ahead of, you know, your competition and where you would have ever expected yourself to be. And it's a nice actionable piece of advice too. You know, it's nothing that I, that, that's too woo woo. Uh, people can't wrap their heads around. And that, that has, I'm sure some of, some of what you talk about in, in your podcast, you know, how to spend that time. And if someone wanted to connect with you there, then, then go check out Carl's podcast. I'll link it in the show notes below. Yes. Um, and I was lucky enough to be a guest there a little while back and I'm, and I'm definitely looking to, to hear and more, um, free time podcast is what it's called. And, and I'm sure he's going to tell you exactly how to spend some of your time to, to get the most benefit out of it. Yeah, really, honestly, the premise of it is, uh, changing your relationship with how you view your free time. I, I think it's just so easy to look at it as like dead space that goes you know, nowhere that can be squandered any kind of way, primarily for younger people too, right? That have always mm -hmm. sort of been nudged along, you know, one particular path and then now find themselves with all this time in their hands being like, wow, okay, like mom's not shuttling me around from, you know, from after school to all these different practices or, you know, I'm no longer on a college campus where I'm busy socializing and doing these different clubs. Like, what the hell do I do? And you know, it's my, it's my belief that getting intentional about that free time and seeing it as an asset is like the single most important thing that you can do to really unlocking your true purpose and potential. Yeah, man, you did a great job on that show, by the way. And I, I love what you're doing. Thank you. you know, I think you're, you're a testament to what can happen when you really get, you know, serious about your free time. And I'm not saying you never, you know, hang out with friends or take it easy or whatever the case may be. Of course not. Mm -hmm. But I think that, um, there's a certain spark that a lot of people can really 
you know, uh, grab onto and latch onto when they become more intentional. And there's a lot of magic there. Well, that's really important to, I, I'm mentoring a young high school athlete right now who's, who's in his senior year and he was feeling guilty the other day about playing video games. And I was like, dude, I played plenty of video games. There's nothing wrong with video games as long as you're intentional about it. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, well, if you're going to play video games, just understand like, what is that doing for you? And, and for him, it's like, he's kind of pulling out of school and is in his athletics and he's getting a, a reset, a, you know, something fun. That's just doesn't have like this performance aspect of it as, as his rowing practice or as uh, his schoolwork does. Um, and he's, and so I just told him like, be intentional about spending the time there and like knowing what you're getting out of it. Cause there's, there's time for rest, there's time for fun, but there's also time for work. And yeah. when you're intentional about it, like you're talking about, that's when magic can really happen. 100% man. We're going to transition here to the focus five, which is the same five questions I ask every guest on every show. And I'm definitely excited to hear your answers, Carl. So uh, first one is what book have you gifted most recently? The 5am club by uh, Robin Sharma. That book, obviously I'm, I'm really big on time. You've heard me talk about waking up early and some of the benefits of that, that book, man, it, uh, it completely peels back the curtains with regard to how anybody can uh, manifest and, you know, be deliberate about getting, you know, that life that they aspire for themselves. And the great thing is it's super actionable, which I'm, you know, all about. And it really just debunks a lot of things that I think a lot of people aren't aware of or have been quite frankly a little confused about. So it's a great read. And I, I, and I love that it's about, you know, personal development and, and, you know, growth and all those good things, but it sort of tells it through, uh, three fictional characters too. So, mm. you know, it, it, it's a story within a story, which makes it, you know, all that much more entertaining. So very enjoyable read. That's the 5am club by Robin Sharma. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. If you could get an hour of somebody's time, past or present, live or dead, and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be? Oh man, without, without a doubt, it'd be Martin Luther King Jr. You know, I was an MLK scholar and, uh, you know, talk about a guy that had to wake up each and every single day and like face his fear, you know, uh, in, in, in regard to trying to live out his dream, which was, you know, equality for, for everybody. And uh, if he was able to accomplish that, you know, in arguably one of the toughest times for our, nat for, for our nation, imagine, mm -hmm. you know, some of the principles that he would have for any individual or any entrepreneur, you know, that was looking to live out their dream as it relates to business or the life that they aspire towards. So I'd love to have an hour of that man's time just to hear a little bit about, you know, how one can level up and how they can conduct themselves amidst, mm. you know, a lot of fear and, and uncertainty and, and doubt and all these different things that he had to face on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, while going after his dream in a very intentional manner. Fantastic, man. Appreciate that. What is one thing that you believe that most people would likely disagree with you on? Oh man, definitely that, that free time is an asset. You know, it's so funny. We all, we all want more time, but I think the majority of us squander the time that we have on our hands. <laughs> you know what I mean? So to me, you know, would, would you, would you squander your asset any kind of way? You know, if you had a piece of income producing real estate, would you, would you not find a way to double down on how you could increase your cash flows or whatever the case may be from that asset? I think you would. So why do we do that with our time? You know, I think that's mm. where a lot of people are missing the target. 
completely agree. You already touched on this one a little bit, but we're let's take a slightly deeper dive on it. Uh, give us a get, glimpse of your morning routine. Yeah, man. So uh, typically starts at 5 a.m. Uh, weekends, I'll probably sleep until about 6 or 6.30. I like to get up. I like to get my body moving. So I'll either, you know, hit the gym and do some weights or go for a run. Um, I try to meditate just about every single day. That for me, again, is just a way to be really intentional about, you know, cultivating the headspace that I want to be able to carry through uh, throughout the day. And then, um, and then work typically begins, man. So after I've had the opportunity to do, you know, those two or three things, I'm off to the races, taking meetings, you know, podcasting, you know, every day's kind of got its own little flavor, which I love. Like I, I love, you know, having a little bit of variety in the day. And then at nighttime, man, I like to unwind. I like to, you know, <laughs> watch uh, a little bit of a family guy or whatever Netflix show that I'm working, just, just as a way to sort of like, you know, calm down after all my work's done and, uh, you know, get a little bit of tranquility before going to bed. So that's a typical day. And, you know, typically Fantastic. there's some there's some reading in there somewhere, just a few pages a day, but yeah. Well, we've talked about the podcast and can you uh, give us the best place that we can connect with you online? Absolutely. So I'm getting a little bit more active on Instagram and, and I'm at carl.sona. That's carl with the K, K-A-R-L dot S-O-N-A. And the podcast will be live at the end of October. Right now we're just batching a ton of great content. And uh, that'll be at carlsona.com slash free time podcast. So very excited to uh, get that out into the universe, man. And, and definitely to feature your show. You did such a fantastic job, bro. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate it. We will link to both of those. Uh, and I imagine by the time this episode airs, your podcast will be out. So it'll be live for the world to experience and enjoy. Yeah. Carl, man. Really appreciate you taking the time with us today. Really appreciate your insights and some of your stories and your tips. And uh, you've really, really brought the heat today, brother. So I appreciate you. Thanks for having me, Hans. Have a great weekend, bro. And that's a wrap for today's episode. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. If you want to connect with Carl, uh, he's on Instagram at karl.sona. That's carl.sona. Uh, and you can also go to his website, which is carlsona.com. Uh, his podcast and some of the other stuff he's doing is posted up there. So go check him out uh, in those places. And while you're down in the show notes, make sure you check out my Calendly link and pick a time so we can have a quick conversation. I'd love to get to know you just a little bit better, find out how I can keep making this podcast even better, what you're vibing with, what you're liking, what you're disliking, and how uh, we can continue to uh, provide you value here. So uh, without any further ado, I'm going to sign it off. So this is Hans Strazina, host of Another Way to Play. And remember to make every chapter better than the last. Thanks for joining in for this episode of Another Way to Play, making the next chapter of your life better than your last. For more insights and inspiration to help you make that personal leap, be sure to engage with Hans on social media and get your questions answered right here on the show. Reach out to Hans at Chief SNAH on Instagram, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Another Way to Play.